3: Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: It is Point Spread Saturday coming to you from the VSIN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. I'm Femi Abbebafe alongside Amal Shah and Boy, Saturday is for the bets, and we have a lot of them coming up here for you in week number five of the college football season. Make sure to follow along with the show at VSEN Live, also at Femi Abebefe, and at Amal Shaw One on Twitter. Amal, you've got nine picks on today's slate. We'll get to those in the next hour, but wow, we're already looking good after what we saw last night happen uh, between Iowa and Maryland.
3: Yeah, dominant performance on the road by the Hawkeyes here. I didn't understand this line at uh, three. Uh, I just don't think Maryland is even in the same area code as Iowa. Hawkeyes being talked about as a potential college football playoff team. I don't think Maryland, they're talking about anything with them unless it involves basketball. And this team really struggled behind two. His little brother, Tega Valola, throws five interceptions last night for the Terrapins as it's all Hawkeyes in this one.
5: Yeah, all Hawkeyes in this one. They win that game 51 to 14. Game goes over the total. I know a lot of people were looking at that under there at 47 and a half. Well, the turnovers kind of led to some easy touchdowns for Iowa as this one goes over the total of 47 and a half. Houston and Tulsa played last night as well. Houston defeated Tulsa 45-10. So they get the cover at three and a half. That one also goes over the total, just slightly over the total of 54. BYU, number 13, BYU visited Utah state and they got that victory 34 to 20, covering the eight point spread. That game goes under the total of 66 here, but you've got nine plays today. I've got four plays today. Like I said, we'll talk about those in the second hour. It's conference football time here in mall. I know we, the last few weeks we've been talking about these non-conference matchups week one, of course, as usual, is always a blast the weeks, two, three, and four kind of non-conference. These teams getting their feet underneath them. Now, It's real college football time. The month has turned to October, and we have three top 25 matchups, two of which include top 10 games here on today's college football slate. Let's just jump right into it. Ole Miss taking on Alabama. We'll touch on that one more heavily in this next segment, but how about South Bend? Cincinnati going up against number nine, Notre Dame, the seventh-ranked Bearcats, are two-point favorites as of recent on the odds board right now. That's an interesting game here because Notre Dame Jack Cohn injured in last week's win over Wisconsin. Drew Pine came in. Sounds like Cohn is going to be able to play today, though. What do you make of this game? Early thoughts between the Bearcats and the Irish?
3: You know, I was a little bit surprised by the line. I thought Notre Dame would be a favorite here, but I still think Cincinnati is going to win this game. I'm not going to touch this football game, but I think this Bearcats team is tremendous. Ever since they had that game in which they squandered a little bit of a clock mismanagement late against Georgia last year, I think in what was the Peach Bowl uh, down in uh, Georgia there yep. in Atlanta. Had an opportunity, but Notre Dame, look, I get they're getting a lot of credit for the win against Wisconsin, but Femi, if you look at it, they were trailing going into that fourth quarter, 13, 10, two pick sixes, a kickoff return really skews the final score in that one. I think this is going to be a challenge here against this Bearcats defense. The run defense will not be as good as we saw out of Wisconsin, but this pass defense is outstanding. We'll see what they're able to do, and really, if you have not had an opportunity to see Cincinnati play, keep an eye on two players. Sanders on the front four for Cincinnati, and then Gardner in the back four there for the Bearcats. These two guys are going to be potential top 45 picks in the NFL draft. They've got an elite level defense. I think they should be able to stymie this team enough, and then on the offensive side of the ball, depending on what Desmond Ritter is able to do, as long as he doesn't have turnovers, I think they've got a great chance to win this football game. And then Jerome Ford's got to run the ball effectively. Did in the first couple of games, wasn't overwhelming against Indiana. But one other thing to keep in mind in this matchup, Cincinnati had a bye. Notre Dame had a very physical game against Wisconsin. Now you're coming in. Yes, you have momentum off the victory, but I think everything bodes well for the Bearcats going into this matchup. So a great opportunity to win a game in South Bend.
5: Yeah, for Cincinnati, this is kind of the chance to Make that last impression before heading into conference play for that college football playoff argument there. Notre Dame, they're not the Notre Dame team that we saw last year going to the college football playoff, but still would be an impressive win for the Bearcats. Nonetheless, Cincinnati so far 3-0. and overall 2 and 1 ats their games have gone 2 and 1 to the over as the fighting irish are 2 and 2 ats their games 3 and 1 to the over but this game has actually seen some money come in on the under the total opened up at 52 i'm seeing 50 and a half 50 even in some places at draftkings 49 and a half for this total. Do you agree with that movement of this game being more of a lower
3: scoring contest? Yeah, I do, because Notre Dame still has a solid defense, not as good as it's been before. And remember one other thing to keep in mind, Marcus Freeman, who's the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, was the defensive coordinator last year at Cincinnati. So you talk about familiarity with the guys on that defense. Nobody probably has it better than he does. So we'll see how they are able to kind of use some of that information to attack from an offensive perspective for the Bearcats. The one thing I would say in this matchup is, you know, people talk about Cincinnati getting into the college football playoff. I don't see it happening unless there's just a complete meltdown from the front runners in the Big Ten. The ACC obviously has some issues, but potentially you're looking at now Pac-12, Big 12, uh, and of course Big Ten. I think the SEC is going to get two teams in. They've got six teams in the top 15. So it's going to be hard to keep two teams from the SEC out. When you look at Cincinnati's schedule, they're going to let's assume for a second they win this game. They'll have beaten Indiana, who I think is going to get crushed today in uh State College. You're going to have wins over an Indiana team that's going to be average at best, Notre Dame, and then you look at the rest of the schedule. Navy's terrible, UCF is okay, Temple, Tulane, I mean, Tulsa got boat raced. They're yeah. not playing anybody on this, this is schedule. the
5: last chance to impress.
3: It, it really is. I, I just don't think Cincinnati's schedule strength is going to be strong enough to justify them getting in. When you look at teams in the SEC having to play each other every week, you look in the Big Ten, you look in the Pac-12.
5: Yeah, I think they were really counting on Indiana to be a good team, and at least when the schedule came out, it was like okay, like that could be a good win for them. But unfortunately, the Hoosiers haven't held up their end of the bargain. Right now at DraftKings, Cincinnati is plus six fifty to make the playoffs. The no, if you want to lay that lumber, minus twelve. So I think the, the odds makers are agreeing with you in the sentiment that the Bearcats likely going to be on the outside looking in come January for the college football playoff. But in the SEC, because it just means more out there in the SEC, we say it every week, but it truly is the uh, the truth out there as the number eight Arkansas Razorbacks travel to the number two, Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia. They were opened as a big favorite. I think it was 20 or 19. I believe on open. Now it's coming down Nineteen and a half 19 and a half was the opener on this game. Now we're seeing 16 and a half in favor of the Bulldogs across as the consensus line total at forty-eight and a half. So you have a big spread, a lower total, obviously Georgia's defense, one of the best, if not the best in the country here. We both have picks on this game. We want to reveal those later on in the next hour. So don't reveal who you like in terms of the side or total, but just when you look at this game, and this Arkansas team that appears to be the story of college football, the big wins that they've had. They knocked off Texas last week. They go ahead and beat their rivals, Texas A&M, down there in jury world. How do you see this one playing out here between the Razorbacks
3: and Bulldogs? I think it's more of a defensive game. A couple of factors to keep in mind. Both quarterbacks are a little bit banged up. KJ Jefferson for uh, Arkansas. You have some injury concerns there. He was questionable coming into this week. Sam Pittman expected him to play. And then, of course, JT Daniels on the other side dealing with a back issue. Now, he didn't have to do a lot in that game against Vanderbilt but he comes kind of limping into this game. A couple other injury updates expected to go for Georgia, our Darnell Washington, the big tight end. And of course, Tyreek Smith, the safety who transferred over from West Virginia. He's going to be a difference maker in that secondary for Georgia. The question is though, can this team put it together offensively? I love James Cook at the tailback position, whether it's white Cook or, or Milton in there in terms of who's effective for Georgia remains to be seen. No picking still. He's slowly starting to come back into form. Remember he had the torn ACL in the spring. We'll see if he's ready to get back into the season for Georgia as we progress later on if the Razorbacks win this game between the hedges in my opinion they should be the number one team assuming Alabama uh, doesn't win the game comfortably I mean if you knock off Texas Texas A&M and Georgia that's, in, a, that's a heck of a run in three straight weeks I mean that is an incredible run and I, I think when you look at it Uh, This Arkansas team has played well. Sam Pittman, remember the former offensive line coach uh, for Georgia. His team really, to me, stood out defensively last year against Mississippi State when they slowed down Mike Leach's offense after they put up a million yards against LSU. Now they've got an opportunity here against a Georgia team. I don't think it has got a great offense. I think they've got a very good running game uh, at times. Mm -hmm. They're not as consistent as they should be. But the Georgia defense, give them a lot of credit. They've played well. But, Femi, I would make the argument Who has Georgia's defense faced where you go, wow, I'm impressed with this offense. Because so far, they've played Clemson, UAB, and South Carolina. And, of course, Vanderbilt. No teams that are overwhelming. UAB is very one-dimensional. We've seen that Clemson, this is a team that scored seven points in the second (laughs) quarter so far this year. Hasn't scored more than 14 points in regulation against a Division I opponent taking away South Carolina State. Uh, So, to me, I'm giving Georgia a lot of credit but i don't think it's necessarily based on the fact that they've played elite level offenses. With that said though, they did take care of
5: business. Like they, well, I'm not they, criticizing them for that. They might they yeah. might have played some teams that are anemic offensively, but they I mean they're allowing about 5 points per game or whatever yeah. it is. So they did indeed take care of business in those spots. The Razorbacks have been profitable so far this season 4 and 0 against the spread, 3 and 1 uh, over going to the over there. This almost feels like everyone's on this Arkansas bandwagon. I know you're not really into the betting splits, but of the bets, 88% of the money on Arkansas. I spoke with Chris Andrews yesterday on my guys in the desert. He said, sharp money, recreational money, all backing woo pig suey. It it really feels like this Arkansas team. They have so much momentum behind them. Could this be kind of the the spot where the bubble is burst? Or maybe, maybe they kind of keep this thing rolling. And like you said, go on this incredible run that would probably put them at least in the top five, if not the top two in the country, if they're able to get off this uh, outright upset victory.
3: Well, a couple of factors. First of all, last year, George beat him 37-10. I-, I love the motivation factor as a revenge spot here for this Arkansas Razorback team. The other thing is you have to consider, you know, George is a 17, 18 point favorite and the odds makers are kind of steadfast in their position on the Bulldogs. Well, they didn't have that position early on in this season. Because they didn't realize that they shouldn't have been. I said all along, there shouldn't be an underdog against Clemson. And now all of a sudden, you're telling me they're laying 18 against a team that's knocked off a comparable defense. AM's got a top five defense. Yeah, AM's defense is really good. Yeah, You know, so for me, it's not that much of a change of pace for them in terms of facing off against this team. I, when you look at the odds right now, it's down to 16 and a half. If they can get to 13 points in this game, I believe they can get the cover. I think if you're Kirby smart, you don't take unnecessary risk. You play this game from a field position standpoint, and that's going to give you your best opportunity to be able to win this football game. It's going to be a good one there between
5: the Hedges, Arkansas, and Georgia. But we have another fantastic SEC matchup that we will discuss in length on the other side. Ole Miss and Alabama, Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban, old friends getting together out there in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk about it between the Rebels and the Crimson Tide. So don't you go away. Point spread Saturday rolling along as we get you set for week number five in college football.
3: This is Point Spread Saturday on VCN, the Sports Betting
5: Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vCIN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Money Line Over Under and Against the Spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Point spread Saturday rolling along here from the VEASAN studio in the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi and Bebefe, Amal Shah getting you ready for week number five in college football. Speaking of betting splits, next game we're talking about here is Ole Miss and Alabama, 65% of the bets, 79% of the money on the Rebels out there in Tuscaloosa. But Alabama, a 14-and-a-half point favorite with the total at 79 and a half in them all. This is the twelve thirty or three thirty on the East coast premier sec kickoff window here between lane Kiffin and Nick Saban. This game is going to be fun. Amal, these two teams, whenever Ole Miss and Alabama get together, it's always fireworks. Last year's game, 111 points between the two teams. What do you think of this matchup here later this afternoon out in Tuscaloosa?
3: I can't wait. This should be the game of the day. I know we talked about that Arkansas game, but I think it's going to be a lot more defensive for the average person. Watching this game is going to be a lot of fun. Remember, you mentioned last year, and everyone criticizes the Big 12 because they don't play defense. I guess that problem has come to the SEC. You alluded to it last year with 111 points scored in that matchup. Uh, This was a tight game going into the final few minutes of this matchup last year. It was 49-45 until Alabama scored with 316 remaining to eventually pull away and win that game. By a score of 63-48. Uh, six yeah, they were dominant in that game offensively, but defensively couldn't slow them down. The one thing when you look at it, if you want to beat Nick Saban, you have to have a mobile quarterback who can throw the football, and you've got a guy, Matt Corral, in my opinion, is probably the best quarterback right now in college football. He's mobile. He's strong. He can throw the ball. He can do it all. He's got five rushing touchdowns, nine passing touchdowns. Him and Bryce Young, the two frontrunners, obviously, for the Heisman Trophy. But the one thing where I think uh, Ole Miss has gotten better is on the defensive side of the ball, let's see if they can sustain that in this matchup. That's going to be the key question mark. And I believe Lane train is probably the best play caller in college football. He he is really unbelievable. And everybody wants to point to Lane. Oh, he coached under Saban. Listen, make no mistake about it. Lane's a Pete Carroll guy. And I know everybody loves Nick Saban because they've won. But I've always said to Pete Carroll, had the opportunity to get in some college football playoffs. They probably won more championships than they had. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I can't wait. I think Ole Miss has a chance to win this game outright. I, I okay. really do. Alabama's very good. But they're not as good as they were last year. Got some concerns defensively as well. Let's see what they're able to do. I I think Lane Kiffin has been ready. He knew what he had coming back offensively this year. I I think they will be ready. And today, Femi, when you look at it in college football, you could have an elite-level defense. But elite offenses are just better than elite defenses nowadays. The way the game is played, you go with tempo. It makes it so difficult on the defense. I expect them to go so fast that it's going to be tough for Alabama to make substitutions.
5: Yeah, Ole Miss right now three and zero against the spread. Alabama two and two against the spread here. But I want to ask you about the Ole Miss defense. It appears to be better from what we've seen thus far. But they've faced so far Louisville, uh, Tulane. It hasn't been the greatest of uh, opponents that they've faced. On this defensive side of the ball here, so do you think that this defense is for real, or because it feels like we're going to learn how good this defense is today? Because Alabama, despite Bryce Young and, and people call him, that he's been checking down a little bit too much, but they're they're going to face an Alabama offense that is loaded with five star and four star talent across the board.
3: I, I would agree with you there, but a couple a couple of factors for Ole Miss, they don't have to be great. They just have to be good enough and get a couple of critical stops. When you have third and long, you have to get off the field. When you've got a fourth and short, you've got to be able to make a stop when Alabama decides to go for it. You're not going to get a ton of stops in this one. I equate this to like a men's tennis match. You're going to get probably one or two opportunities to break serve in a set. You've got to capitalize on it. And it's going to be a similar situation here if you're looking at it from an old Miss perspective. You're going to have an opportunity or two. You've got to be able to get off the field when it presents itself. When you're on the plus side of the 40, you've got something less than four yards. You can't take field goals. You've got to go for it. You've got to convert. What it whether it's third down or fourth down. Utah State last night against BYU had a drive where they went five for six on third down and one for one on fourth down. That's what you're going to have to do against this Bama team and also... On the flip side, remember one thing. I I thought in that Florida game, if there was a little bit more time, let's say there was an extra quarter, Mm -hmm. I I think Alabama was in serious trouble. You could see the running game of Florida just absolutely wearing down this Alabama front seven. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get off the field. And so I think it's a similar situation here. I'm telling you, people don't like Lane Kiffin because he's had some failures. He's, He's risen quickly in the coaching ranks, whatever it may be. But the bottom line is when it comes to calling plays, This guy's as good as it gets, and he knows how to attack a defense. I expect them to be ready to go against this Alabama team. So when you look at this coaching
5: matchup between Saban and Kiffin, it sounds like you would give the edge, at least from an X's and O's standpoint. We know what Nick Saban does in terms of being a CEO of a program. Obviously, he's probably one of the greatest ever. But in terms of just purely X's and O's, you would give the advantage to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss.
3: I I wouldn't. If you ask people in coaching, Saban's a great coach overall, as you said, a CEO but I don't think he's going to win the award as the greatest X's and O's guy of all time. I think there's a lot of coaches, not, nah, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's several coaches that have come along. But they've always had overwhelming talent. I I think the one thing that gets underrated with Nick Saban is his ability to evaluate talent. Because they don't miss too much on recruits. I think they probably miss the fewest on recruits compared to any program you ever see. And look at the success level they have at the next level. I mean, you look at the running back position, you look at the wide receiver position in the NFL, even the cornerback position, we see Diggs already three picks for the Cowboys. Marlon Humphrey just signed a record-setting deal last year. I mean, they, they don't miss, and so that's been part of the success that they've had. But the one challenge that Alabama's always had is facing off against quarterbacks that are mobile. And that that's something that I, I think, it's not just Nick Saban, but I think anybody against a mobile quarterback has a challenge because they can't really figure out a way to harness or contain them. In
5: terms of the Heisman kind of battle that's going on right now, because Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young... Old Mrs. quarterback, Matt Corral, who you've said you think is the best quarterback in the country right now. And when you look at the odds, Matt Corral is the favorite at plus 155, young plus 185. Do you think this is as simple as the winner of this game ultimately becomes the Heisman favorite? Or do you think there's a path for Matt Corral? Maybe let's say he plays well, Ole Miss loses, that he still comes out of this as the favorite to go on to win the Heisman.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And I think the latter of what you said is accurate. If Ole Miss were to score 50 points and lose this game, say 56 56- you know, 52 Yeah, and Matt Corral is unbelievable. combines for seven touchdowns, whether rushing or passing and Bryce Young throws a couple of picks, but his team finds a way to win the game. I think it bodes well for Matt Corral. And I think a lot of people have not seen Matt Corral play maybe outside of that opener against Louisville. Now you're going to have a real opportunity to see what this kid from another Southern California kid that was missed by the PAC 12 in terms of recruiting Uh, an opportunity. I think he started out of St. John Bosco initially and You've got an opportunity here. Both of these guys, tremendous completion percentage. The one thing pay attention to, I think, where Bryce is going to have an opportunity, Jamison Williams has been electric, especially that game against Southern Miss. Two kickoff returns for a touchdown and then a deep pass for about 80 yards against them. Uh, so if, he's going to have some opportunities to light up the scoreboard himself and don't take anything away from him because he is tremendous, good mobility, incredibly accurate passer. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And if you think he's good this year, wait until next year. I don't believe you have a play in this game. or do you, Correct me if I'm wrong. You, you, I, I don't. You, you know, don't. it was actually, I, I like Ole Miss. I took Ole Miss, actually. I, I think they've got a great team. Oh, chance. so you did. It, yeah, it, it didn't make a, the list here. Did, no, because, <laughs> well, I got to send them into Britain in the morning. And I mean, you know, listen, that's not that's the least of my priorities, worry about getting the plays sent in for a show. And, you know, the bottom line is, though, I, I think it's too many points. Look, Alabama's a great football team. But everybody just sits there and blindly anoints Alabama. So my question is, why have they not won 10 national titles in 12 years like John Wooden did? It's not, it's not that simplistic. The bottom line is that times they benefited from not even winning the sec. And so to me, I'm not taking anything away from the greatness of this program. There's no denying that this is the greatest run in the history of college football, but let's not act like other people can't play football. They're not, they're not winning every game. This is not 95 Nebraska. They're not winning every game by 14 points.
5: And and to your point, they've only won the national title back-to-back years once. Yeah. Under Nick Saban there, so it's it's tough. It just goes to show in college football with the amount of turnover, especially exactly. when you have a program like Alabama. Guys going to the NFL every single year, it's hard to kind of. We we joke and say that they reload, but still when you're reloading, those guys still have to get that experience and know what it feels like to be in these high pressure games every Saturday.
3: Yeah, But I get annoyed when people say Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, they just reload. No, you don't reload a first overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. You don't reload a first uh, round quarterback in Justin Fields. You don't re- uh, reload arguably one of the top three running backs in the history of the ACC and Travis ETN four offensive linemen. Mac Jones, a first round pick five other guys are first round picks Najee Harris arguably to me, was better than Trent Richardson and one of their best running backs who actually stayed four years. They have had tremendous success. Devontae won a Heisman Trophy. You can't tackle Jalen Waddle in a phone booth. I mean, okay. you just get, all of a sudden you can't sit there and say, oh, we're not going to miss a piece. I, I think that's just too easy for people to sit there and say, oh, they're going to win. Well, if that's the case, then Alabama should be a minus money to win the national title. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're close to it. <laughs> they're close to it. And maybe that might be
5: just a little inflated just because everyone yeah. wants to back the Crimson Tide. But if you're feeling frisky about this Ole Miss team at DraftKings, 10-1 to to make the college football playoff, you, I mean, if you, I, me personally, I'd rather just bet the money line today if you feel that strongly about them. But what do you think about those odds real quick
3: here? If they win this game, you have to make them a favorite to potentially make it there. Because even if they drop another game, this could go down as the best win of the season. It would, at this point in time, go down as the best win of the college football season.
5: Yeah, Alabama right now on the odds board, plus 175 to win the I, national title.
3: I tell you what it would be interesting, if Ole Miss wins this game and if Arkansas wins the game outright, Oof. to me, Arkansas should be the number one team in the country, beating Texas, A&M, and then uh, Georgia all in in a four-week span. Can you imagine that Arkansas-Ole Miss-Bama right there in
5: the SEC West? And Georgia, Georgia will probably just sit there even with their loss to saying, all right, we'll see whichever one of you come out and we'll see you in Atlanta
3: and LSU and a and <laughs> are saying, Hey, we're not done yet either.
5: <laughs> yeah. SEC football folks. It just means more, but stay with us on the other side. Love it or leave it here on point spread Saturday. It's VCN the sports betting network.
3: This is point spread Saturday on visa the sports betting network.
5: Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be joined on the go anywhere at any time so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. ZIN can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zen wherever you are. ZIN's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zyn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zyn contains nicotine, and it's only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. plus). Learn more and find your local retailer at That's zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N dot com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. <laughs> A point spread Saturday rolling along here from the Veasan Studios in the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femia Bebefe, Amal Shah, coming to you from College Football Week number five. Can't believe we're already five weeks in. The month has already turned to October. The calendar, rather, has turned to October. As we're going to play a little game here. So while we've got a handful of games dealing with ranked teams in the college football slate today, and I wanted to play Love It or Leave It. These games that are closely lined could go either way. So. Five games on our list of love or leave it the first one we touched on in the first segment of the show between number seven Cincinnati and number nine Notre Dame right now the Bearcats a two point favorite total at 50 and a half I believe it's even down to 50 in some spots here, but would you love it or leave it with this game between the Bearcats and fighting
3: Irish? You know, for me, I'm going to leave it, even though I think Cincinnati's going to win this football game. I, I'm, this is not my kind of play where you're going on the road into a hostile environment an experienced football team. I think it's going to be a challenge for Cincinnati. And here's the other thing, Femi, that I'm concerned with a little bit from a Bearcats perspective. Even though they expect to make the college football playoff, I, I, whether I think they're going to make it or not is irrelevant. The point is, does that pressure get to them a little bit? You know, the one thing is when you're Notre Dame, when you're Duke, Alabama, every game, Duke in college basketball, obviously yeah, not I college football.
5: Say, I, I figured i know yeah. what you were saying. There.
3: <laughs> but every game is your opponent's Super Bowl, right? It's their national championship. Think about this. Notre Dame Stadium, how historic it is. You're Cincinnati. You never get an opportunity to play Ohio State because they don't play you because there's no benefit to them. Now you have an opportunity to give, uh, give Notre Dame credit for scheduling this game. What a huge opportunity this is, not only for Luke Fickle, the head coach, but for the Bearcats as a program as they go towards the Big 12. I mean, talk about propelling them and potentially in recruiting as well. So a lot on the line here for Cincinnati. Yeah, it's
5: a lot on the line here. And like we mentioned earlier, last chance to kind of impress the committee if you want to make a college football playoff run for the Bearcats team, because the schedule, like we mentioned, is just kind of soft later on down the line, especially once they get into conference
3: play. I I think they're going to need uh, major conference teams to have two losses uh, because if the power five, the big 12, the big 10, the pack 12, they'll only have one loss. I don't think Cincinnati gets in the next love
5: it or leave it game here that I want to ask you about is number 14, Michigan traveling to Madison to take on Wisconsin, the Badgers right now, two and a half point favorites. Although they are the unranked team coming off the ugly loss against Notre Dame last week. Michigan undefeated, ranked 14th in the country. Wolverines 3-1 ATS. The Badgers 1-2 ATS. So kind of the disappointment that we've seen from this Wisconsin team thus far this season is reflected in that record against the spread here. But... Still Wisconsin that is favored in this contest, a total of 43 and a half, indicating that it will once again be a classic low-scoring Big Ten game. So, Amal, will you love it or leave it between Michigan and Wisconsin?
3: I, I love this matchup. I can't wait for this game. I, I To me, this is going to be a tremendous matchup. And you look at this Wisconsin defense. Look, I don't think people are talking about them enough, Femi, simply because they've gotten off to a 1-2 and two start. But they haven't allowed... More than 50 yards rushing in any game so far this year. Think about that. Penn State, 50 yards. And I know Penn State's running game has not been overly effective. Against Eastern Michigan, I think it was 16 yards rushing. Against uh, Notre Dame, it was three yards rushing. The yardage just continues to diminish in terms of what offenses are able to do against them. They are elite defensively. Jim Leonard, to me, is a guy who's going to be a head coach very soon. I'm surprised he hasn't been already. (laughs) I I agree with you. I actually thought he was going to be a head coach, and I think COVID kind of played a little bit of a factor into that as long as Graham Mertz can make a player two on third down, if they can get into third and fours and short, they have an opportunity. Cade McNamara still leaves a lot to be desired. I know Michigan has run the ball effectively, but they struggled in the second half against Rutgers. I think Jim Leonard and this team are ready to go. I like them to win this game only a two-point line. I think they're better. And by the way, the other thing, remember last year, we saw Wisconsin win this game by 38 in the big house. Revenge spot for the Wolverines. But more importantly, a huge game. And Mike Palm, my co-host on Odds On, said, Huge game for Jim Harbaugh, and he's right. Because if Michigan were to drop this game, ooh, it's going to be bad. Because now you've already got Penn State that's gone in there and won, and you've got Notre Dame. When you look around the Midwest, Michigan looks at Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I get Penn State hasn't been there at the same level for a while. But still, those are three teams you point yeah. to and you're competing against in recruiting.
5: Yeah, and Penn State recruits like no other, other than Ohio State in the Big yeah. Ten, especially getting all those elite recruits there. For this Michigan team, and I hate to be this guy in college football who have you played, who have you played, but it hasn't been the toughest road thus far. I mean, you had the Washington game. I'm a Husky fan, and I'm even saying they haven't played anybody because Washington's kind of been that inept on the field here now Rutgers obviously has shown to be a pretty solid team but Rutgers gave them all they could handle a week ago here this feels like a really tough test for Michigan versus Wisconsin who's played against a tough Penn State team the top five in the country and then last week played against Notre Dame on a neutral field. Now that game of course went sideways with all the turnovers from grand merch, but the Wisconsin team is battle tested, even though they might be one and two ATS and it's the season that they haven't really been hoping for and one and two overall, but they're a battle tested team going up against a Michigan team where their strength matches up really well against Michigan's strength. Like you outlined.
3: I-, I think you bring up an excellent point. I think the one thing that's getting overlooked in this matchup is Wisconsin should have beaten Penn state early. Like they had an opportunity early on to get the lead and they hit Jahan Dotson and, and broke away in that game ended up winning at 16 to 10 the notre dame game they led going into the fourth quarter 13 10 it was the two pick sixes and the special teams that was the difference in that one when you look at Caden mcnamara and this team they were out by rutgers rutgers had time of possession michigan did win the turnover battle one nothing but the reality of it is now you're going to try and run the ball on this defense that's going to be a real challenge i'm telling you right now femi if wisconsin is looking at excuse me if michigan is looking at third and seven third and eight, third and nine. They're going to be in serious trouble. And the other thing is, remember, Ronnie Bell tore his ACL in week one against Western Michigan. You didn't feel an impact of his loss so far. This is a game without Ronnie Bell could be a real problem for Michigan. The
5: the next game we have, number two, Auburn visiting LSU, or number 22, Auburn, rather, visiting LSU. The Tigers, the LSU Tigers, are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Three-point favorites, actually, now I'm seeing as the consensus line with the total at 56. Another matchup here with the unranked team at home, Favorite against a ranked team. Do you love it or leave it between
3: Auburn and LSU? I, I like this one. I like LSU at home. Do you like you, lo- you got to love it. <laughs> well, love I mean, <laughs> listen, there's very few games I love. There's only one game that I truly, truly, two games I truly love. One of them was Wisconsin, and the other one's a late game tonight. But listen, going into Death Valley, I think it's going to be really difficult for Auburn going on the road. They they probably should have lost to Georgia State. There was a call that went against uh, Georgia State in that one. I thought uh, Auburn benefited from from that call, and then of course, TJ—is it going to be TJ Finley or Bo Nix? Yeah, that's the big uh, question. You know, and to me, I was impressed with the way LSU's defense played against Mississippi State. That it did a nice job against Will Rogers. Going to need that same effort out of Ed Orgeron's team. I just—I'm not ready to back Auburn going into Death Valley Saturday night. It'll be eight o'clock in the Bayou, and when this game kicks off. I like LSU in this matchup, Lane only three. Yeah, TJ Finley, if he gets the starter plays, he's going to be against his former team out there at
5: LSU. Our next game, number 21, Baylor, visiting number 19, Oklahoma State, in Stillwater. The Cowboys, four-point favorites, with a total of 47. Do you love it, or do
3: you leave it, Amal? Uh, this is another like, no love here on this one, <laughs> but uh, I, I like Oklahoma State here. You're at T. Boone Pickett Stadium at home. They're usually extremely solid there. Baylor's got that win against Iowa State, But I thought Iowa State played poorly in that game. And, you know, I was high on Iowa State coming into the season. I thought they had a great chance to win the Big 12. Now, they technically still do, but the way they've been playing, I don't even know if they're going to be a top-four finisher in that league. It's going to be tough, in my opinion, for Baylor to go on the road. I was impressed with Oklahoma State going up to Boise, getting a win. Uh, They did a nice job. This team is very solid. I, I like Oklahoma State here and Mike Gundy to get it done.
5: Final game of love it or leave it
3: or like it if you're a mall here.
5: Arizona State going up against number 20 UCLA. These two Pac-12 South contenders
3: out there in the conference of champions. The Bruins, a three point favorite with a total of 56. Well, Femi love. It doesn't make it make up for the fact that I absolutely am enthralled with this game. I love UCLA here. (laughs) This line should be six. In my opinion, Jaden Daniels and company, they go into Provo. They struggle against BYU. You know, look, the Cougars are a solid football team. No question about it, but this UCLA team, they dropped a game against Fresno State, one that they probably shouldn't have lost. But other than that, they have been able to move the ball on everybody. As long as DTR can hit Phillips when he's open, who gets open? These guys can get open. The Charbonnet has been terrific in the running game. And then I think DTR might be the best runner as a quarterback in college football. He's unbelievable, his mobility. Daniels is very effective, but he's got to show he can win a road game. Remember we saw last year Arizona State blow a game like this against USC in the Coliseum? Chip Kelly really seems to have this UCLA team humming. If the defense can just get a few stops here, I like the Bruins. I don't think Arizona State's going to be able to slow them down enough. I, I, You're telling me on a neutral site this is an even matchup. I don't see it. I like the Bruins of the Pac-12 South representative to face off against Oregon.
5: One game that you do love is Alabama-Ole Miss, although you left that off of the initial list here. We'll talk about that during the break. That game has the two Heisman contenders in Matt Corral and Bryce Young, but can anybody unseat those guys? We'll talk about it next with Heisman Watch here on Point Spread Saturday.
3: This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game. Plus, Full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Point spread Saturday continues to roll on here from the VEASAN studios in the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah. It is week number five here in the college football season. Conference play is underway, so it's a good time, especially now with the slate of games that we have, to check in on Heisman Watch. Now we mentioned Ole Miss, Alabama, that game having very big Heisman implications with Alabama quarterback uh, Bryce Young and Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Corral right now is the plus 155 favorite at BetMGM to win the Heisman, but Young can obviously overtake him if he's able to perform well and get a win for the Crimson Tide. But just first of all, the Heisman Watch, obviously those two names are clearly the number one names or rather than contenders on this list here, but is there anybody from the pack that could kind of come up and, and and make some noise down the stretch here as we approach late November and into early December when the award is officially given out here.
3: Yeah, I think Travion Henderson of Ohio State, because they're going to have some big games still yet to play. They're going to play Penn State. They're going to play Michigan. Uh, so that gives you a lot of opportunity to be able to showcase yourself. But, again, with that being said, I think it's tough when you look at running backs. They just don't get enough of that uh, ability. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that's one thing that you have to take into consideration uh, so for me, I, I would I would take a look at him, but I, I wouldn't really go out and bet it. It's just hard to. I know Bear uh, of ESPN made a bet at about 100 to one on Travion Henderson, wow. and then he had the monster game where he had <laughs> 277 <laughs> yards. So talk about great premonition there. Um, but to me, I, I don't know if there's really anybody else. I think it's Corral and Bryce Young. And, so tough, yeah. Yeah. It, well, look, your teams have to be an elite level team. I mean, Robert Griffin won a Heisman when they won through had three losses. Tim Tebow's team, including the bowl game, ends up losing a fourth game. But otherwise, you've got to be a top-five finishing type of team when you look at the players. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, all these guys that we see there. We look at a couple of Alabama running backs, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry. So those guys have to be a factor. Devontae Smith last year. So I don't know. I I don't get into the Heisman as much. It's To me, it's become kind of a quarterback award which I don't like it really should go to the most outstanding player they've done a disservice so many years you know Chase Young had a tremendous year probably should have won it a couple of years ago he was best player in college football it doesn't go to the best player it goes to the yeah. best offensive player on a team that's a top five top 10 finisher
5: well even the year then uh Johnny Manziel won it at Texas AM. Yeah. Manti Tao was leading the Notre Dame defense they yeah. were undefeated going to the national title game but Manziel was another guy who It's almost like if you're not going to have the elite season, you better put up the elite video game type numbers if you want to win the award while having a Heisman moment along the way.
3: Well, Lamar Jackson, the year he won the Heisman, he had a great year, but the next year he actually had a better year statistically. Exactly. And he didn't win. it. I'm like, come on, give me a break. Nobody (laughs) could stop this guy.
5: It's because of the story. We didn't know Lamar until he kind of came out and had that game against Florida state really put himself on the map in this one. But a name that I wanted to bounce off of you is we talked about this game earlier, Cincinnati quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Now he doesn't put up the flashy numbers, but they're a top 10 team. They had a lot of momentum entering the season right now at bed. MGM, his odds are 16 to one. Do you think that there's enough, enough moments on this schedule for a guy like Ritter to maybe get into this pack and make it a three horse race versus just young and corral kind of leading the pack here.
3: If you're considering betting Desmond Ritter, take your money and go donate it to a local food bank, wherever you live. <laughs> there's this guy's not winning. He does. First of all, he doesn't have enough marquee games. Here's yeah. the other thing. Think about this today. I'm actually really looking forward to this game. I think to me there are four games I'm really looking forward to: Wisconsin, uh, Alabama game, the Georgia game, and the Notre Dame game. Those are the, my four favorite to watch this today. And, of course, we're going to have that horrible coverage on Notre Dame. You can't tell how dark or light the grass is. You know, Mike Tirico is going to be trying to overhype the game. It's going to be unbelievable. That coverage on Notre Dame on NBC is so god-awful. But the money is good, though. I don't care. You know what? They're, They're an overrated program. Femi, let me ask you this question. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you think in any other sport we would get – look at look at how much we criticize the Dallas Cowboys, and they've actually won a Super Bowl, or more, Super Bowl more recently than Notre Dame has won a national championship. In the NFL, you actually got to prove it on the field. In college football, you just have to have a preseason ranking that's extremely high. Some nice gold helmets to go along with it. Yeah, it's, it's exactly <laughs> – I mean, you talk about – they are the second most overrated program in sports behind Michigan. Michigan is the most overrated program in the history of sports. Half a national title since 1948. You tell me any other sport where Half you can whistle title I love it Right? I mean, they, I mean, I mean, yeah, there was a
5: 97 team, but yeah, they split it with Nebraska. I get you. I I'm going to tell you right it. now, I'm a
3: Big Ten homer. <laughs> I would have pulled for Michigan in that game. And let me tell you right now, that 97 Nebraska team went down to the OB and absolutely crushed Tennessee. They beat them by they 25, did. 42-17 or something like that. I mean, that team was loaded. All, all I'm saying is, in any other line of work, you can't suck this bad and be expected to be good. <laughs> Just think about it. If you were this bad at your job, you wouldn't last in any other profession. I think Visan's uh, Tim Murray is taking
5: a, a liking to what we're saying about his Notre Dame fighting Irish. <laughs> oh, give me a break. He
3: knows they <laughs> suck. He just doesn't admit it. It was funny. I think you were the one to asked me. No, somebody else asked me. They said he's going to the game. Yeah, I said, why like, the hell would you waste your time to go watch a team that's going to lose before the college football playoff?
5: Well, they got the victory out there for him, you know. I it's, said, they're going to lose before the college football playoff. Yeah, well, it's going to happen club. today. Yeah. I noticed he's not going to the game today. <laughs> <laughs> Some other names I want to bounce off of you in this Heisman watch here before we wrap up the first hour, three names I got. So the first one, two of them are quarterbacks. One of them is a running back. The quarterback, Spencer Rattler out at Oklahoma. Right now he's 30 to one. He was the preseason Heisman favorite eight to one were some of the longest shots. You saw some six to ones or five to ones on Rattler. Now the, the sooner fans were chanting for Caleb Williams last game after the Rattler interception, it hasn't been the year that he was expecting here, but He's still a high-profile player on a high-profile team that plays in a high-profile conference with chances down the road to impress Would you take a flyer on a guy like Rattler who now you're getting at 30 to one kind of looking like a long shot here as we enter the month of October?
3: You can, because they're still going to have a critical matchup, right? Big 12 championship game, potentially the red river coming up next weekend. That is going to be a marquee game. I know Texas did drop the game against the Razorbacks, but if Arkansas wins today, it changes the dynamic of how you probably see Texas. Uh, So that's going to be an opportunity there for him. The Iowa state game as well. I just don't think he's played well enough. You know, you look at this team. They were fortunate last week to survive the game against the Mountaineers. I, I, I think the, the, you know, what a bedlam is going to be a big opportunity as well. Yeah. If Oklahoma state continues to play well, that is a tremendous rivalry. I know a lot of people maybe who aren't in that part of the country don't appreciate it, but uh, it's going to be a challenge here for Rattler, in my opinion, to get back in the race.
5: Yeah. He's going to have to get hot essentially as yeah. well. You're betting on him getting hot. He has a talent. He's a talented player, but so far hasn't been able to put things together out there in Norman. Another quarterback. I want to talk to out of the big 10. These next two guys are both out of the big 10. How about Penn State quarterback, Sean Clifford? Now, he's inconsistent, and to see the look on your face right now, just even saying the name Sean Clifford, you're just already, the discomfort is uh, is oozing off of your face here. But he's 40-1, 15th in the nation in passing so far, more passing yards than Matt Corral, who is the favorite to win the Heisman, completing 71% of his passes, plenty of high-profile games left. Let me talk about next week, they're at number five iowa then they play ohio state still then they have games against michigan and michigan state if sean clifford can maybe I, they don't pass a lot in terms of passing into the end zone but 40 to one on a guy who's on an undefeated top five ranked team playing a lot of hope high profile games maybe just maybe if the other guys fall off he could be a guy that possibly jumps into this thing
3: listen i don't want to pick on steven our producer because he put this on the rundown but let me tell you something i wouldn't bet on sean clifford with a free bet okay <laughs> Shaw, are you kidding me? <laughs> Jahan Dotson is an elite receiver, and somehow this guy manages to overthrow him when he beats every corner oh, right off the line of scrimmage. It's unbelievable. If Penn State had a Justin Fields-like quarterback who initially had committed to Penn State, yeah. this team, in my opinion, would be a national title favorite with that elite defense. The problem is Sean Clifford. That's I think that's what separates Penn State from being a number one team is Sean Clifford. No way am I taking Sean Clifford. I get he's got eight touchdowns. He threw four against Villanova. Ooh, I'm impressed. (laughs) You know, the reality of it is this guy can't play. This is like, well, James Franklin looked around and said, Sean Clifford? All right, guys, we're going to have to win this one with defense.
5: (laughs) So far, they're doing it. Amal Shah, you heard it here first. Wouldn't bet Sean Clifford with your money. Last name I want to get to, Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker, 50-1. to It's tough for running backs to win the award. Haven't done it since 2015 with Derrick Henry out of Alabama. Vee Sean King, he's been all over Kenneth Walker since the start of this season. He's the nation's leading rusher right now through week five, averaging 7.3 yards per carry, and Michigan State has a lot of high-profile games ranked against Michigan at Ohio State, then they end the year against number four Penn State. What do you think about maybe Kenneth Walker being that running back that could possibly get into this thing here?
3: You know, it's a great argument, and I'll tell you what, Walker, the one thing I love is, when was the last time you saw anybody at Michigan State with speed in the backfield? He's a good player. I mean, what, Cedric Irvin wasn't even this fast when he was with Sparty. He has been tremendous so far for Michigan State. I thought he was a difference maker in that Miami game. I think he's done a tremendous job all year. I don't have a problem with this. He's averaging over seven yards a carry. The one thing I'd like to see is his, him to strengthen his campaign have a few more house calls if he can do that and you mentioned big games Michigan Michigan State Penn State still yet to come so he's got an opportunity you run well against those defenses well not including Ohio State's but I think he's got a great opportunity (laughs) Sean
5: Clifford is the guy that's crossed off of the list but we'll talk about Sean Clifford and the Nittany Lions on the other side of the break one of three ranked games that we'll be discussing here on point spread Saturday on the other side plus our picks too for week five in college football we are rolling along here. Hour number one down. Hour number two on the other side of the break. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
1: Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's
0: a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love <laughs> that it's kid-safe, COPPA-certified. I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
3: CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's
1: face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of
3: products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate
1: guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard hitting episode today, a lot of controversy